Happy Monday. Good morning, everyone. Happy Haitian Heritage Month. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Bonjour tout le monde. Good morning, everyone. Morning, happy Monday. For everyone that's been joining us the last couple of weeks for Mental Health Mondays, Monday Motivation, thank you for hanging out with us. We've been receiving amazing feedback and we thank you for joining us and give us tips and ideas on different things that we can talk about. So we are happy to be back today for another edition of Mental Health Mondays. And aside from the fact that um, it's Haitian Heritage Month, we are also going to be... Um, May, I'm sorry, May is also Mental Health Awareness Month. Morning. <laughs> so it's even more exciting that we're kicking off the month. We're kicking off our first Monday with a mental health conversation. It's Mental Health Awareness Month, and we hope we can continue to bring these type of topics um, these type of topics to you guys who can discuss and share with each other and hopefully cope through this COVID-19 pandemic together. All of our therapists so far has been Haitian American, and I'm happy to have another one with us today. Her name is Kathleen Francois. We are going to be chatting about substance abuse and mental health issues with Kathleen. I see she's already here, so I want to go right ahead and give you guys um, a quick bio about Kathleen. She is a dual licensed mental health um, clinician and substance abuse psychotherapist certified in trauma-based care. A background in psychology and social work with over 10 years of experience working with chronic and severe mental health populations. A passion for social justice and an advocate for all things regarding to oppression, marginalization, and, and disenfranchisement of vulnerable and minority populations. And she's also, like I said, a proud Haitian American. And she wanted you guys to know that she loves her culture and especially Haitian cuisine. Okay, let me see if I can get Kathleen in here. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Happy Monday. It's happy, happy Monday. Monday. Happy Her Heritage Haitian Heritage Month. Yes. Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. We have a lot going on this month. And it's my birthday month. What? Happy birthday. Okay. <laughs> so you. this is an exciting and busy month for you. It is. It is. So I was looking up, well, I did a quick bio really quick um, about you. Did you, did, do you want to include anything else before we get into this talk? No, I think you covered everything. Okay. So I was looking this up and one of the things, like when we first found out that it was um, Mental Health Awareness Month, I don't even think I've ever even like noticed that because normally for me, we're normally screaming Haitian Heritage Month. So when we found that, it was like, oh, wow, I didn't even really know that there was a, um, a Mental Health Awareness Month. So yeah. what did, what, um, arrived at that what made them decide to start doing that or is that something that they just started doing so it's it's been in play and i think we're mm -hmm. talking about it more because i think just mental health in general we, we're really talking about it more you see a lot of celebrities talking about it you see a lot of mm -hmm. athletes talking about it so i think the conversation has really always been there for people in the field and who are aware of mental health but we're seeing yeah. it more on like social media instagram facebook twitter we're seeing like Taraji P. Henson, you know, is a big mental health advocate. You know, Chase yeah. the Rapper is a big mental health advocate. So just more people are talking about it now, which is good. Yeah, no, I think it's amazing. And even having a whole month that we're talking about um, topics in mental health, especially now it's needed during um, the pandemic. And mm -hmm. one of the things I read, I didn't look it up because I wanted you to tell us, it said that I, I guess every year they focus on a particular mental health. So do you know which one this one is for this year, for 2020? 
No, I don't. Yeah, I thought it was. It says every year they focus on a particular one. So I was trying to look it up, and they didn't say. But every year I noticed they had a trend. So I'm excited to see what area that they're going to focus on um, this year. Because I feel like right now we should just be talking about all areas of mental health. I think so also. I think just to have an open conversation about it is good. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. So today we're going to be talking to you about substance abuse. Um, you work in that area. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk about it, because I've had these conversations where different people are talking about we're just drinking a little bit, drinking wine a little bit more now. And I read this study from Business Insider that says like alcohol sales has spiked. Um, orders are coming in every day now and people are drinking more and people are partying more and even at home as families, we're all kind of consuming a little bit more. So I'm like, I didn't, I read that. I'm like, wait a minute. A lot of people are just kind of like, you know, we're just drinking the coping. So just to hear that that may become a problem, a lot of people now are experiencing or utilizing more substance to cope. I was like, yeah, this should, would be a great topic, especially as Caribbeans, we're always drinking. Yeah. You know, with, with, the, with the COVID and with everything being quarantined, right, a lot of our structure is being removed. So usually people have, you know, work Monday through Friday, so they have responsibilities. You know, they tend to kind of limit their, their, their partying, I would say, for the weekend. But now, I mean, people don't even know what day of the week it is. They're in pajamas all day long. They, they, they have no, that structure is gone. So there's boredom. People are bored. They don't know what to do. So, you know, a lot of people, they're like, well, what else do we do, right? Um, Liquor stores are still open. You know, I guess they're considered essential businesses. So liquor stores are still open. People are finding themselves having really nothing to do. So a lot of times they're really just um, increasing their substance use right now. And another thing that I read, of course, people that already was experienced substance abuse that were getting help, that were going to groups and everything like that, that's changed, right? Because yes. a lot of things are virtual now. So a lot of people are not having that kind of support um, that they used to have. And a lot of people that were even going to some of these groups, sometimes their families and stuff didn't even know, right? So yeah. in, in a situation like that, like what are some of the tips would you provide to someone that was already seeking help? And maybe people didn't know they're seeking help and now they're you know, home with their family and they don't have that way to go out and get that help or that support. Yeah. Well, most most programs um, will do like virtual um, day programs or virtual groups or virtual therapy, you could still do. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to, hopefully your, your, your program still provides that. If not, you can maybe see if there's a therapist that's willing to take you on right now who specializes in substance use and you could do some kind of therapy um, via like the, uh, like a virtual telehealth, they call it. Um, yeah. There's also, so even though AA and NA and all these uh, mutual support meetings are not happening, they still have online meetings. So you could really find an online meeting based on whatever substance uh, you want to focus on, like whether it's alcohol, whether it's narcotics, you could find an online meeting. Um, NAMI has uh, online meetings also. So just, you know, and looking up stuff online. So yeah. at what point do you like, at what point with substance abuse and mental health, at what point do the two collide? Or is it mental health first or substance abuse? At what point do those mm -hmm. two meet? So that's a good question, right? So we always say like, which one came first, the chicken or the egg, right? So mm -hmm. it depends. I think you can have substance use um, and there tends to be um, an underlying mental health condition or your substance use could really impact your functioning, which then might cause you to maybe lose your job uh, family problems, financial problems, which will 
which may put you into um, like a depressive episode. Um, you can have mental health and not have substance use, but you can have mental health and using substances as a way to self-medicate and a way to cope. Mm. And I saw someone just asked this too. How would you deal with a household where it's a cultural norm to drink so casually and so often? Yeah. Um, Cause especially right now, because the thought is if I was drinking, you know, two glasses of wine, now, I'm, you know, I'm drinking four, that's mm -hmm. like someone telling you that may be a substance abuse issue, you're going to get upset. Yeah. Yeah. Environment, environment is huge. Um, so really being able to, even though we're quarantined, even though we are home, mm -hmm. is to, if you have family members that are triggers for you, if you have family members that you don't get along with, if you have family members that don't maybe support your sobriety or they're drinking and you're trying not mm -hmm. to drink. You know, try to hopefully like um, like seclude yourself or isolate yourself, go to a room, maybe keep yourself busy. Um, you could kind of uh, say, I'm reading a book, I'm watching TV, like try to really distract yourself from them, disengage yourself from them. And that's the people that's already dealing. What are some of the traits for people that may not even know or think like this is the issue that they're having? Like, what are some traits we should notice in other people as well, in ourselves and other people? Yeah, I would say your mood, like your mood will change, um, your behavior starts to change. You might start to um, not do your work the way you should be doing it. Maybe if you're in school, your schoolwork is slacking, maybe your attendance to work or school is very poor. You start to isolate from your friends, from your family. You might see uh, weight loss or weight gain. You might see uh, your sleeping patterns change. You might be sleeping too much or sleeping too little. Your, 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 um, your parents, your hygiene tends to change, right? You kind of lose yourself, right? You, you stop showering, stop doing your hair. You stop really taking the little details to care about your overall appearance. Um, you spend a lot of money. So it could be increased um, money that you are spending. Um, you're using a lot of your time to engage in these substances, like going out or hanging out with individuals that you're getting high with. So you really start to see a lot of behavioral things. So for people like, um, for example, there are people that don't normally, like, well, they, they do this thing where they say they're, they're casually doing this. I, I casually drink. I don't drink all the time. But then when they do, then some of the stuff that you just mentioned just kind of goes away. Is, would that be considered, like, a level of substance abuse or? Yeah, so we call that binge drinking. Um, and there's, uh, you know, binge drinking disorder if it's, if it's alcohol. Um, so yeah, there are individuals who they don't necessarily drink every day, um, mm -hmm. but when they do tend to drink, uh, they tend to um, they tend to really have compulsive a, a compulsive use with it. Mm. And in in those kind of situations, I think one of the main things that we talked about when we even brought up this topic is communication, right? Communicating. Because last couple of weeks, we talked about anxiety. Um, you know, today, I, I also wanted you to talk a little bit about depression and substance abuse. So you have these different things that you're going through, and now you're home with your family. So you're drinking a little bit more. You're feeling like, you know, there's something's wrong, and I'm not feeling good, but I'm just drinking more. How do we communicate these things? A lot of times, our people are good for, oh, okay, it's okay. Just Well, just stop drinking. Well, just stop then. Okay, put the bottles yeah. away. How do you communicate these kind of things with your family in a way to where if you know they may not be supportive, um, how do you bring that to them? Hmm. Well, if they're not supportive, uh, you could really try to maybe little by little, try to 
you know, just educate them on how you feel. And then, you know, you want to maybe invite them in to help you, you know, say, look, I, 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 this is serious for me. I'm having a lot of struggles, you know, because they might think that, you know, you're, you're, you're joking or that it's not really serious. But I think if you sit someone down and say, look, like you're someone who, who I care about and I hope you care about me, I'm really having these struggles, you know, like mm -hmm. this is serious. Can you, can you really help me? I'm reaching out to you. So really yeah. try to level with them in a way to say, look, like I need help. Like, can you help me? And what are some of the things, especially for us um, and in our community, we're really good with self-help, right? Like, I can take care of this myself. You know, I, I this is not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. What what are some tips you have for people that think I don't need to seek help for this? Like, I'm okay. I'll, I'll just take it one day at a time. You know, there are people who do who do kick their substance on their mm -hmm. own. Uh, I hear a lot of people, they, they say they go, they go cold turkey, which... Mm -hmm. They say they just stopped one day. And for everyone's different. Everyone has yeah. different, everyone has a different rock bottom, right? So everyone mm -hmm. has a different point for them where they say enough is enough, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's important to know what that is for you. Um, I think if you can do it on your own, then that's great. Usually people seek help because they can't do it on their own. So um, like seeking out to family, getting supports, um, trying to maybe decrease your substance use first, that tends to help. People sometimes think that they have to just stop right away, and that might yeah. not be ideal, right? So maybe just trying to decrease it little by little um, can help you. Uh, a good thing is maybe not to buy it, right? So don't buy alcohol. Don't keep it in your house. Um, we have a thing, you know, we say people, places, and things. And that's really important because people, places, and things tend to be your triggers for use, right? You have people that mm. you hang out with, that you use with, or you drink with, places that you go you know, bars or places in the neighborhood and things that you do, right? Things that, things that tend to usually um, engage in substance, in, in any kind of substance use. So you want to refrain from those things. And sometimes that means having a new circle of people that you hang out with, right? A sober environment, yeah. uh, new places that you go and really new things that you do. You know, if you really want to kind of maintain a sober lifestyle, it's really all about having sober environments around you and people who are going to support that. As someone right that actually works in that field, what are you hearing is some of the most common things happening right now with substance abuse and mental health? Just this pandemic, this pandemic is hitting people where they can't go out, you know, they can't, you know, the, the normal things that we would tell people to do, right? Go to church, yeah. um, they can't do that. You know, go see your family, they can't do that. Go see your friends, they can't do that. Um, work tends to be a great distraction, you know, people can't do that. Um, yeah. You know, I always tell my clients, you know, have some daily activity, have some routine, but we can't, we can't go outside. Right. Even, even going for walks, like I tell clients to go outside, but I don't feel comfortable saying that because yeah. well, if you go outside and something happens now, is that my fault? Right. So I'm just like, if you want, if, if there's enough space, but even that you kind of feel weird telling someone to go outside because what if something happens? Yeah. Um, but just definitely this pandemic and with the financial implications of it, you know, there's, there's yeah. the emotional, uh, the social, and then the financial piece. People are not working. People don't know how to pay their rent. People don't yeah. have food. So it's just a lot of things that's hitting us all at once, really in two months. And I'm noticing like a lot of the things like um, that's being talked about, like even in the media and stuff, like people are talking, they're talking about the stress, the stress, the stress, the stress, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, of everything that's coming because of the pandemic, but they're not talking about these kind of subjects. They're not talking about like even when when I was looking up the um, 
substance abuse article. There's so many articles out there about that, but you're not even hearing that that much in the news or anywhere else that this is becoming a bigger thing. Like, yeah, liquor, liquor stores are selling out. Like, their numbers, um, you know, have spiked. And a lot of us are looking at, well, we're just, we're hanging out. We're just casually doing this. Or So it's, um, I almost feel like, in a way, some of the things that we have done or people that was coping in different ways, now you're being exposed a little bit more to this way you're changing some of probably the healthy stuff you've learned into this type of behavior. And mm -hmm. I just really feel like there should be more talk about, especially in the Caribbean community. But how do we even go about that? But trying to make substance abuse a conversation without people saying, no, we just drink. Like, we just have fun. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. So there is there's a lot of stigma when it comes to mental health and then even more stigma when it comes to substance abuse. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people really have a difficulty distinguishing when it's, social drinking and when it becomes problematic drinking um yeah so i think that becomes difficult as well yeah because that's a lot of the conversations that we've been having a lot of people are like no it's just you know we're just drinking more now to get through the night or you know to go to sleep so i, I noticed there to somebody saying replacing that behavior with another but even what you're saying a lot of things that we were used to doing we can't do so what are some basic things we can you know crawl back to right now mm-hmm so, you know, you can maybe read, um, watch TV. Uh, you know, you can still interact with people like through Zoom. Um, I would say really just what, what, like go back to the basics. Like what are, and, and this is also a great time for us to really be um, introspective, to really look within ourselves, right? What yeah. are your hobbies? Like, what are you good at? Like to really go back to those basics. Like, do you like to draw? Do you like to, um, you like to write, do you like to journal, do you yeah. like to write poetry, like do you like to create music, do you like, are you a painter? Yeah. It's really to go back to like the, the basic stuff, like what would you do if, um, if you had, if you didn't have TV, if you didn't have all these other things, like what would you do to keep yourself occupied? That's true, that's, that's true. <laughs> you said read and I was like, yeah, when's the last time I read, but I wasn't on my iPad, I just read a book. Yeah. Like just a regular hardcover book. <laughs> or even getting markers and just coloring, you know, just, you know, doing things to keep yourself occupied. Yeah. So one of the things that you're doing, which I thought was amazing, like when Jennifer's like, we definitely should talk to you is as therapists. And I'm noticing a lot of therapists are also doing this right now, but you're especially um, holding, um, you're speaking to different therapists yourself all this month um, mm -hmm. for Mental Health Awareness Month. So mm -hmm. as a therapist, you guys are always, of course, advocating for mental health and everything else but it looks like even now COVID, you guys are way more activated mm -hmm. um so aside from some of the things that you're doing like that what are some of the other things that you guys are doing to make sure like this isn't something that we're just talking about on mondays yeah so i think especially now with what we're seeing with COVID, i think we are really seeing that um mental health is important and our mm -hmm. overall health is important and yeah. we're seeing the, you know, African-Americans tend to have a very poor attendance when it comes to our health care. Yeah. You know, when it comes to our mental health and when it comes to our physical health, we don't tend to see our primary care doctors. And we are the most frequent users of the emergency room. So what we tend mm -hmm. to do is we tend to neglect our health. And then when something is, is really bad, we go to the ER. And then yeah. that tends to be when it's too late. So if we yeah. were to really engage in more preventative care, and even in the Haitian community, like, we, yeah. for some reason, we just don't go to doctors. You know, we think that we could, you know. We're going to ZK it to death. ZK yeah, it to death. We, yeah, 
that's your doctor, you know? Yeah. You can still do all that good stuff, all that natural, all the tea, all the herbs, all mm -hmm. that stuff. But to still have a doctor have eyes on you. And I think we yeah. really need to, I think COVID is really showing us that we really need to be more aware of that. Yeah. And I think it's amazing too, like you guys are coming together, especially the Haitian therapists. You're mm -hmm. making it more visible too, that the diff therapists look different. You know, mm -hmm. there are black therapists, there's Caribbean therapists, there's mm -hmm. Haitian therapists, there's a female that looks just like you. You can go to the guy. We had Matt last week. You can go to Matt, you know, that's mm -hmm. from like the same type of area you're from that speaks your language. Yes. So I think it's like really important and really great that you guys are also showing us the different types of therapists, different images mm -hmm. um, of black therapies, especially. So I love that you all of you have come together and you're continuing these conversations, even within yeah. um, your platforms. Mm hmm. Yeah, I so, think it's good I, because there's not a lot of representation when it comes to the medical field and even less mm -hmm. when it comes to mental health. And yeah. a lot of the reasons why maybe people don't want to go to therapies because they think that no one looks like them, no one can resonate with them, no one really understands what they're going through. And maybe they've had experiences, you know, where um, their therapist didn't hear them out or their therapist didn't validate them or speaking up let them into, you know, more problems. So really... Yeah. Think someone looks like you it really makes a difference there are a lot of times when people when i see clients and they're just so thankful they're like thank thank you because you're black like yeah they feel a level of, of ease like maybe you'll be able to hear me yeah i see someone just asked a question i want to tie it in um they're asking about criticism when dealing with a parent but i want to also kind of tie that into the conversation that we're having today because one of the biggest reasons why people don't go to family and friends is because they worry you know about um being criticized so what are some of the tips or you can give us as far as like people that are worried about going to people because you already know that you're going to be criticized or once you feel that, how do you deal with it? Yeah. So, you know, triggers are a big thing. And a lot of times, especially with, with mental health and even with substance use, a lot of times family tends to be a trigger. Um, really to use discernment. You know, there are times when someone can be your family, um, mm -hmm. but you have ask yourself, what does that relationship look like? You know, if someone really is not promoting your your sobriety or your recovery or your mental health, even if they're your close family member, you might want to see how that relationship maybe have some distance or have some boundaries. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things, especially in our community, boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times we feel like because that's my mom, then she should understand. I should be able to go to my mom. I should be able to. I should. And yeah, many times you should be, but everyone is so much different. And one of the things I've learned is to go to the people that it makes sense for yeah. that particular situation. Exactly. Like if I know I have like, well, you know, a sibling that every time I mention something, they're going to make fun of me, whether they understand or not how that's affecting me, that may not be the right person. Uh -huh. you know, to go to. So kind of yeah. having different people, you know, to help you in different situations has been like amazing for me. So I, you know, I hope she is still watching and got that. Yeah, that, that's a great tip is to go to the family and the, and the friends that are going to be the most resourceful for what you need, you know, because they're, like you said, some people will mm -hmm. be more supportive, some people will be better at other things. So to go to the person that you think will give you yeah. the most Absolutely. And so before we let you go, um, I wanted to also ask you why you think like these type of conversations are is very, very important in the black community and what the people like us in the Haitian community, what can we do to make sure we continue these conversations? I think really just talking about it more, being more open with it. Um, 
if you know someone who's struggling, maybe just to talk to them, you know, invite them to, um, to, to really um, confide in you and say, look, I've noticed this, you know, I'm here mm. for you. I want to support you. The sooner you get help, the better. Um, yeah. Just being open about it. And then I think also, you know, just being informed, like being here, being informed, and then just really spreading knowledge. So we're spreading facts and really to help to reduce the stigma because the more we look at this as a stigmatized issue, the more people feel, they feel shame, they feel guilt, they, you know, they close off. They don't want to really say they need help. Mm -hmm. So if we're open and we say, look, like if you have a problem, like come talk to me, like I'm not going to judge you. I'm open. I'm here for you. Be more yeah. inviting and compassionate. I think people might want to open up more and talk about things and you'll find out that, wow, I never knew this person um, had this, had this issue. And then people will also say like, I didn't think that you that you cared or that you wanted to know. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that everyone's are is commenting and dropping to change the narrative, change the perception, reduce the stigma. So we're yeah. all in here pretty much, you know, are on the same page. So yes. before I let you go, your bio mentioned that you know you love your Haitian culture and Haitian cuisine. So you got to tell us what's your favorite food before we get you out of here. My favorite is Dujon Dujon. Dujon Dujon. Yes, I I love it. I can eat it every day. And, and what uh, what do you normally like it with? So I like it with tassel, or I could eat it. I actually eat it plain, but my mom, I, see, I don't like beans. And my mom will make it for me, and she won't put the beans in it. And I think that is just, like, everything, because <laughs> I literally, I pick my beans out of my rice. So what? the fact that she'll make it, I know. <laughs> the fact that she'll make it for me with no beans, it's, it's everything. Oh, my God. That's my favorite, too. I'm like, I will eat that. Like, everyone's like, white rice, white rice. I'm like, e no. I can eat John John every single day and never have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I haven't had food since this quarantine, and I used to always pass. Ooh. I used to always pass on white rice and sauce bar, right? Like, no, I don't yeah. want that. I, I am craving white rice and sauce bar. That, that's going to be the first meal I have, and I will never take it for granted ever again. That's the withdrawal. That's the withdrawal. Listen, <laughs> I used to be out having sushi and this and doing the eating every kind of thing. And I would have patient food. I have access. My mom cooked every day. I had it right there. And I would eat everything else. Lately, I don't even want anything else. I'm like, <laughs> when the quarantine is over, I'm eating here. I'm cooking. I'm going to my mom's house. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Kathleen, let everyone know how we can find you and also let them know about the talks that you're doing. We're, gonna, we're doing every Monday, but you're doing something that's a little bit more special than yours is going throughout the month. Yeah. So, I can be found on um, Kathleen Francois is my IG and every Monday at seven, we're doing mental health Mondays. So we have, so today's the first day we're doing it. So we have two therapists each Monday. So we're gonna do it the next four weeks. We have guys, we have females, we have, um, we have some advocates who um, have personal struggles with mental illness. We have individuals who are, uh, who are raising awareness. We have black uh, male therapists. We have something for the men. We also, on Haitian Flag Day, the 18th, which is in two weeks, we have two Haitian therapists on that day to help us celebrate mental health and Haitian um, Flag Day. We just have something for everything. So something yeah. for everyone. So guys, so pretty, so pretty much what we're saying, thank you so much, Kathleen. It's, even if we're not here doing it, there's all these other platforms, and Kathleen has provided a platform as well with some amazing therapists. So let's not just come in here on Mondays and forget about this. Let's continue to talk about this. Like you guys yeah. said, let's change the narrative and we let's change to. the stigma behind mental health because we all need each other right now. <laughs> I think we need to. And, and I think, you know, what we're going through right now is really traumatic for a lot of yeah. us. 
all of yeah. us, right? So I think we owe it to ourselves to when we come out of this, like we need to change. Like we need to, yeah. we need to be different. We need to be more intentional, more um, appreciative, more grateful. We need yeah. to really take care of our health. Like we really need to like move different after this because all of this has to have a reason, has to have a purpose. Yeah, no, definitely. And a lot of the things that we didn't think we needed the most, now we realize that we need more than ever. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you, everyone, for thank tuning you. in. Matt, Marlene, Sarah, some of my favorite <laughs> Asian therapists are in the chat. Thank you for tuning yeah. in and supporting us every week. We will see you next Monday. Kathleen, have an amazing rest of your day you. and amazing rest of your month. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Stay safe. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.